Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where you'll be inspired, informed, and influenced. I'm your host, Jennifer Stewart, owner of Jazz Potential and creator of Find Your Sparkle. And today I am extremely excited to have with me my friend, Patricia Westfall, all the way from Arkansas. Welcome, Patricia. It's such an honor to have you here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This has been one of those things that we've been trying to coordinate for quite some time. Now, you and I met a couple of years ago online with a community that we're both part of, and we we hit it off, and you are an amazing person. I just want to give the audience uh, a little bit of an idea of really who you are. You are a developmental optometrist in Arkansas and a multiple business owner. You are a fellow of the College Optometrist in Vision Development. You also also help to change the lives of hundreds of patients with vision-related learning problems through providing vision therapy, and you have been offering vision therapy to your patients for over 10 years. Now, I have to say that I had never heard of the vision therapy that you do until I met you. So this is really exciting for us to have this opportunity to provide some education to the audience too. But before we get into that, let's just get a sense of who you are. Where did you grow up? How, who, what makes you, you? Who's Patricia? Well, actually I am born and raised in Searcy, Arkansas. So, um, but the funny thing is, Whenever I went through school, my father is also an optometrist and um, I didn't want to be an optometrist. I actually have an accounting degree. That is funny. Yes. It's interesting how, so it's gonna be interesting to see how, how things switched. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I went out and started, got a job in accounting and um, me and my husband, we had to move to Illinois for him to go to school. And at that point, I was, it was difficult to find a job in accounting. So I ended up going to work for a chiropractor and got into patient care and was his office manager. And it got me to thinking, you know, for me to be able to be in control of my own job career, why not go to optometry school and join my father in practice? So that began my journey of going and getting all the prerequisites to go to optometry school because optometry and accounting are two different areas. That <laughs> yeah, is it took me two years to go back and get all the um, education to apply for optometry school. Oh my goodness. So, well, you had to have been very committed to that. So when did you, when did you realize that that was, I know you said, you know, you wanted to go that route versus something else. So was it really, did you have that passion for the optometry side of things and, and just kind of put it aside or how did you end up, you know, why didn't you go that route initially, I guess would be my question. Well, I did really well in accounting in high school and my sister is an accountant. So basically I was following her footsteps um, and to be an accountant, but I always worked for my dad in high school. I worked at his clinic. I text for him, I worked in the eyeglasses part of things, so I was always around optometry. Um, I guess for some reason, I guess I was being the rebel and saying I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be an optometrist, but then, you know, when I went back to school to um, become an optometrist, it just came so naturally to me. I did 
a lot better. I didn't have to study as hard for all the math and the science courses like I did for accounting courses. So it just clicked naturally. You know what? I love that. Now let's go back because sometimes we, we do those things that it's, you know, we resist the push or the pull or we, you know, we have to just kind of go our separate way and, and find that. What kind of a, what kind of a child were you growing up? Were you someone that was strong-willed that, you know, did you go against authority or how did, you know, how did that all evolve? And, you know, what kind of, what kind of influences did you have? Well, um, you know, my parents were very supportive, um, but I was probably, I was the youngest of three and I was probably the rebel child. <laughs> I was always getting into trouble for one thing or the other, but um, I was very successful. I, I was a cheerleader. Um, I was a star athlete. So I just gave my parents a run for their money. <laughs> exactly. You know, I always, I always, I laugh because I was that child too. And my daughter and her three girls, it's, you know, it's the same. And it's one of those things that sometimes it can be challenging as a parent when you're raising these spirited children. But by golly, when they grow up and, and they spread their wings, there's nothing that's going to hold them back. When you think about you know growing up and, and the things that happened throughout your life, what are some of the, the things that inspired you the most and influenced you the most when you were growing up? Well, we were very active in church. So that stability of going to church was very grounding. Um, I had a really close relationship with my grandmother. And um, so that was something that really formed me and my um, beliefs. So, um, yeah, those, I would say that would be my biggest, what formed me. Did you have any, any challenges or things that, you know, kind of sidetracked you or took you off of your path or, you know, those things that maybe you think back were really great lessons, but if you had to do it over again, you may not go that same route? Well, of course, you know, with men, I always had poor choices in me. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I really struggled with the relationship side of things, but I really feel like um, I dated the same guy from when I was a junior in high school until I graduated college. And we were planning on getting married, um, but it was like lightning struck and I was chose, I chose a different path. And I really feel like that that was divine intervention right there, um, not to go that path. And you know, who knows if I would have gone that path, I may not have been the optometrist. That's interesting. When you think, when you think back now, um, and moving into the future with, with future relationships. Were there things that you, lessons learned that you carried with you to help with future choices? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, here recently though, I've really um, delved into who I am as a person um, through relationships. Um, I'm, I'm very active with Celebrate Recovery Ministry and I have done, um, with Celebrate Recovery, we have step study classes where you do a very much in-depth uh, look at your life and your past. And I have realized a lot of the patterns I have gone through and have broken those patterns. So it's been very revealing. I've learned about what codependency means. I didn't know what codependency uh, was. So after getting involved with Celebrate Recovery, I got there because I was there for somebody else. I was married to an alcoholic and I wanted him to get help, but I didn't realize that it was me that needed 
the help too. What kind of a realization was that when you got there and 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 realized that, oh my gosh, I, I am codependent and, and there's a process to recovery to this. Like there's actually recovery. And for our audience, can you talk a little bit about what codependency is? Well, um, codependency, let me just say, if you feel like that you have to fix the other people that are around you, that is being codependent. I've got to control them. I, you know, can't do life without having to be, you know, pulling the strings myself. Um, so that is a big part of codependency. Um, but when I found out that I was codependent and I went through the process of discovering who I am, it was just the most freeing feeling. I'm very comfortable with myself now and with my boys, raising them, you know, and teaching them how to be their own individual self and not me trying to push the buttons and say, no, you got to do this. No, you got to do that. No, they need to be their own people, their own person. It's, it's been just very eye-opening. I, I love that. What have you found the hardest part about 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 that whole process? Well, it's not very not, not necessarily the hardest part, but you aren't alone. You have accountability um, accountability partners. I have a sponsor, so you know I'm, you're not alone. This we call it CR Celebrate Recovery Forever Family. We all are in this together. So I don't feel like it was that hard. Yes, it was hard with the choices you have to make, but because you are doing it through God, God's help, and with other people, you're not alone. Oh, good. I love that. So being accountable going through that process has, what has that done for you? Besides obviously making you accountable, what has that done inside? Oh my goodness, it's changed, changed me completely on the inside. One of the big things with Celebrate Recovery is developing a relationship with God. And um, He is my strength. And He provides protection and guidance and divine intervention. So um, that relationship I never had prior to. Yes, I went to church. I was raised in church. I went to a Christian academy. I went to a Christian school. But I didn't have a relationship with God. Mm. And so now... That has totally changed who I am as a person and how I how I interact with people, how I love other people. Um, so it's just totally changed me on the inside. Oh my goodness, I love that. We're gonna have a quick break and we're gonna continue this conversation when we come right back. You're listening to CIOE and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen. Now, just before break, we were talking about Celebrate Recovery and some of the things that you were experiencing while you were there. And I wanted to ask you, what did you have the courage to do? And what kind of things did you develop the courage to pursue or to, to actually do that you didn't know or think that you'd be able to deal with? Well, oh my, there's a lot of things. <laughs> Well, as far as with um, Celebrate Recovery, um, I was going, I was involved. My husband at the time was an alcoholic and I had to make a choice as to whether or not I was going to continue 
down that path with him or if I, you know, needed to go ahead and file for divorce and draw that boundary, that final boundary with him. And um, in fact, the night that I picked him up from his last rehab stay, I made that decision and um, we, um, I filed for divorce. So, you know, having the courage to do that. Yeah. It took all of my, all of my Celebrate Recovery family behind me to give me that support that I needed. And, um, you know, I, I wish I could say things went differently for my ex-husband. Um, unfortunately, he passed away from liver failure about a year after um, we divorced. And he just would never make the change. And that's why, you know, addiction is a terrible thing. Um, and, but the people that are family, the family members uh, that have a loved one that's in addiction, um, it's also just as hard for them too. And they need to know that there are the resources out there um, that they can get help. That is a really great, a, a, a really great point because people don't understand and don't realize that the people who are around people with addiction are suffering too. And they also have pain. So maybe, can you talk a little bit about that? What was some, what was some of your pain that you were dealing with and, and with your, your kids? Sure. Um, well, the pain of not having stability, you know, not knowing what you're going to go home to, um, you know, I, my son at the time was, uh, my youngest son was six and um, my oldest son, he was 17. And my oldest son has autism also. So here I'm the mother of a, a child with special needs. And then I have a six-year-old, you know, you come home and you don't know if he's going to be passed out on the floor. Is he going to be dead or alive? Just the inconsistencies, the instability there, that was a big fear for me. And what's your life now like now? Oh my, <laughs> totally different. <laughs> um, what, are, what are some of the highlights, the big differences that you feel about yourself, about your life, about where you're going? Well, number one, peace. I have a peace and joy. In fact, those were my two words for the year last year um, was peace and joy for the fact that um, even though we had COVID and all that mess professionally, I love my job. I love what I do. I love helping children with their vision-related learning problems. I love being a part of, I'm a women's ministry leader, leader at Celebrate Recovery. So I find that that's very rewarding that I'm giving back now to my church and my community. Um, and then just being a part of my church and being active in that. Um, I just find a sense of fulfillment. And I'm also working on a vision therapy book to spread the message out about vision therapy. And possibly I have another book I'm going to be writing about codependency, about being a um, professional uh, person and being a codependent and how I got my journey through that and out of that. Wow. So if you were to give a couple of, of hints to people 
<laughs> in that term, because I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are probably pretty curious right now and are thinking, oh my gosh, am I codependent? Can you give a couple of tips like, okay, if, if this is happening, and I know you gave a couple earlier, um, but are there some other ones that if people are thinking, hmm, I wonder if I'm a codependent? Um, well, if I know one thing for me was that I always, my whole world revolved around his hobbies, his um, likes, his dislikes. Have you ever seen the movie Runaway Bride? Yes, I did. I One of the big thing was, the question was, how do you like your egg? She liked her eggs. However, the person she was with liked them. She didn't know how she liked her own eggs, whether it's scrambled, poached, fried. And that's what... Um, you know, if you don't know what you like to do and you base your decisions on the person that you are with. Right. And there's a lot more talk about uh, codependency now and people are really becoming more aware of it. But, and I think that the, the freedom, the freedom that you can experience when you break free of that is, mm -hmm. well, I mean, what difference in the quality of your life? Obviously, I mean, you, you, can you talk about that? The difference, if you were to, to rate it, what would the, the difference in the quality of your life be from before and, and after? Um, well, the quality is now that um, I'm making decisions based on what I want, not what other people want or expect of me. That's a whole different mind shift. Um, the, the guilting, you know, you said you before I would think, well, if I don't do this, then so-and-so's going to guilt, I'm, I'm going to feel guilty that I let them down or, um, you know, versus what's the best decision for me and my family. So that was a big, a big shift in my mindset. It was very freeing and um, versus feeling so down and constrained. So how's that impacted your career? Because I know you've had a lot of exciting things happening in the last bit. So can you give a little bit of a, a little bit of a talk about that? Sure. Um, well, uh, my career, it, I've always been one that I've been able to keep personal and career separate. So Yes, I've gone through some things in my personal life, but then my career was a totally, um, it's a different world. It's, it's different for me. I'm very passionate about what I do with vision therapy and vision-related learning problems because that changes kids' lives. It makes a total difference from a kid going to a non-reader to a reader. You know, that's a big difference for us you know, they could choose to drop out of school versus mm -hmm. going to college. I mean, that's two different paths in life. And it's, it's a very, very important path to choose. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know we don't have a lot of time to get into the whole depth of, of vision therapy, but in a nutshell, could you give our audience of what that actually is? Because I, like I said, I had not heard of it until you and I met. Sure, sure. So the vision is made up more than just what you read on the eye chart, okay? So that's like your visual acuity. You actually have visual functions, which are your eye tracking, your eye teaming, how your eyes work together, like depth perception. You've got eye focusing, how well I can focus my eyes at what I'm looking at. And then you've got visual processing. So if those eye functions are not working good, then 
you're not getting the information in like you need to. So it affects how you learn. 80% of what we learn comes through our visual functions. So in our vision, vision drives our motor functions, whether it's gross motor, like trying to hit a ball, bat and ball, riding a bike, or your handwriting, which is your fine motor. So just think about it. If you don't have a good inflow system, how are you going to learn? Right. And it's, isn't it amazing that we've not, we've like that this is so new. I mean, we've typically, like you said, I mean, it's typically the eye chart and I mean, now they can look in there, but wow. I mean, it's, it's definitely, definitely makes a big difference. So I can see how rewarding that is for you. Um, on a personal level, you've, you've, you've opened your own clinics and you have, how many clinics do you have? And, and, you know, I mean, you're, you're expanding, you're getting awards, you're getting recognition, you're, you know, you're doing your book, you're educating people. So that's, that's extremely rewarding. But, you know, before we go, can you just summarize some of the real, that really great stuff? Sure, sure. Um, Well, when I started in practice with my father, when I graduated from school, uh, I practiced for about five years and then determined that I wanted to go into vision therapy Um, and then started my therapy clinic there. Just in the last couple of years, I wanted to expand closer to the uh, Little Rock, which is our capital here in Arkansas. Um, And so it just happened that a doctor had passed away and his wife didn't know what to do with the practice. And it was right outside Little Rock, um, divine intervention. It just dropped in my lap. And so we are now um, offering therapy there also. And um, it's just been so rewarding and getting closer to the metro area to those kids who need this service. And the book is going to help educate, like what you said, I'm getting out and doing some speeches to any school that will ask me to get in front of them. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, that is amazing. And I, I hope, I'm sure that you'll have some webinars and for the, the places that you can't travel, hopefully there'll be some programs where you can help spread the word. Before yeah. we go, I have one final question for you. And I know we're out of time already, which is really hard to believe. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of answered it, but I, I want to hear officially what makes you sparkle? What makes me sparkle? is my Lord Jesus Christ, he makes me sparkle every day, every day. That's so amazing. It has been such an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. It is absolutely amazing. And remember everyone to go out and do something that makes you sparkle today and every day. You're listening to CIOE 97.5 FM and we'll catch you next time, friends. Bye for now.